I was looking for answers because I didn't have any, right? And when people are sick, that's what they usually do. And if they're really sick, they're like frantic about it. I went from 225 to like 190 in four months and I was eating a ton of food, right? And Danish food is not as good as Italian food, right? But I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is it? And then I would, I would go back to the USA, right? To see family. And then my stomach would be killing me for two weeks. So absolutely. It's a money grab. A lot of supplements are absolute shit. The, the holistic wellness, it's a maze. It's just like uh, Western medicine. It's a complete maze. Removing, obviously, seed oils, which you already know about, right? I think I see you tweet about it. Um, I, I eat natural, I think. I don't eat yeah. no fast food or nothing. So Is that at any restaurant, most of them, especially in South America, are going to be cooking with seed oils. So oh. the only issue that comes up now with fasting, the majority of people now have nutrient-depleted soil because a lot of uh, big agro companies are just using the same crops every single year. You could technically go on carnivore for, for a month and you, your acne would probably disappear. Now, what are some things day to day I could start doing right now to be detoxed or to have, you know, a healthier lifestyle? I'm pretty healthy. I feel good. I look good. You know, I'm a part-time professional athlete, so I don't know if you're going to be able to help part -time. me out. Tell me. I'll, I'll try. But what what sport? Buenos tardes from Bogota, <laughs> Colombia. I'm with uh, Amigo I met on, on Twitter or X, they call it now. The dude was posting fear porn about these parasites things. He was taking things out of his body. I said, homie, this is crazy. There's no way that is possible. But uh, we started uh, t uh, tweeting more and uh, I was looking at his other stuff and it was very interesting. You know, I've heard about parasites, but I didn't think they were that big of a deal for for Westerners, at least, you know, maybe in more developing countries, you got to deal with a lot of things. I know I spent over a year of my life in Brazil. So, you know, you have to be a little careful with, with different things. But um, Logan, the detox dude, he uh, had a background in traditional medicine, right? Or not traditional, but Western, you know, modern medicine. And you kind of escaped it. And I want to detox my body. So I just ate a ton of sushi. I got 110 pieces yesterday for 30 bucks in, in Bogota. <laughs> and you told me that's where all the, the parasites are, are hiding out. Is that true? Um, sushi, pork are, are pretty big ones. And then like you have various parasites throughout everywhere. Uh, depending on where you live, if you're walking barefoot. Um, the funny thing is we humans, we, we tend to think that these things don't affect us, right? We have Western medicine. Uh, Western medicine doesn't, doesn't really verify this stuff at all. It, it doesn't say, oh yeah, parasites exist. But if you start looking into the research on parasites from parasitic uh, parasitologists, um, for example, like what's one of them? Toxoplasma gondii. This is one that uh, rats will will pick it up, and then the cat will will see the rat. You still there? Yeah, bro. I'm putting you on okay, cool. Yeah, the the cat will see the rat, and the rat will be coming towards the cat. So this parasite will take over the rat's nervous system, control the rat, so that the cat eats the rat, and then the cat now has the parasite. So there's plenty of different, um, I would say, different ways that parasites are picked up through the animal kingdom. So what I usually tell people is like, why would humans not um, also be a part of that? Same. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm a big, uh, I've, I've traveled the world. So I've done a lot of hippie stuff. I'm a big meditator. I don't trust any of the modern science necessarily, not vaxxed and follow any of that bullshit. And um, 
a thing that just came to my mind. I was in Peru in the Sacred Valley, and uh, they chew cocoa leaves, right? Cocoa leaves mm -hmm. is how you make cocaine. Obviously, it's banned in most of the, the rest of the world. But these people have been chewing this since the day they can walk to the day they can die, you know, for mountain elevation, for energy, et cetera. And they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're like being healthy. And I'm like, wait a second. This plant that is supposedly the worst thing in the world and they're surviving off it completely healthy for thousands and thousands of years. Like it's like a, a weird uh, mindset switch when you start traveling and you realize like, whoa, maybe not everything I was taught is the correct way. Or just because we started doing it 100 years ago doesn't mean that people that have been living, you know, off the lands for thousands and thousands of years off plants could, could be wrong. Right. So what do you think about that? And are you lagging or is that me? I, I don't know. I, I lost you for a little bit. But it's probably me. We, we, we got third world problems. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, hold on. Before you get into what I just said, you're in Floripa, bro. I love yeah. the magical island, Isla. I can't speak Portuguese, but uh, are you enjoying it down there or what? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a really cool place. It's so much time. to do, too. 42 beaches. Crazy. Did you go to Priya Galeta, the naked beach yet? Where you have to hike down there? And uh, is that is that is that Priya Mole or it's a different one? No, it's by Priya Mole. It's like an hour yet. walk in. Haven't been yet. Oh, you got it. It's an experience, bro. But anyways, <laughs> what about my ancient um, health stuff I talked about in Peru compared to the to modern day? And then also, yeah, introduce yourself a little more about your journey through modern medicine. Yeah. So um, I, I went down the conventional route. I like a lot of people, I got into healthcare um, for the purpose of helping people. And so I got into nursing in particular. I got uh, my degree. I got my bachelor's degree. I started working as a trauma ICU nurse. And then I had always been someone that questioned things, but I never really started questioning things until I got like deep into working as a nurse and seeing the kind of food we were giving patients, the kind of interventions we were giving them, how people were actually dying. They were dying with a lot of like, there wasn't a death process for people. You just dope them up with a bunch of drugs and, and have them pass over. Um, you just, I just saw a lot of fucked up stuff in the industry and I'm like, this isn't really health. And it wasn't until I started getting sick myself while working in the industry and, and asking doctors, nurses who had been in the industry for, for 20, 30, 40 years, um, what to do to fix this chronic condition that I had that was genetic and none of them could help me. All they could do was offer, um, prescription medication recommendations. So, I got to a point where I'd, I'd been poked, I'd been punched, I'd been slapped enough to know that I needed to make a change with my life. Otherwise I was gonna go down the wrong hill, the wrong path. And um, I, I just quit. I quit uh, my job January or December 31st, 2019. And I moved to Columbia. And within a year and a half, I healed everything. So I had, I had full, full uh, atopic dermatitis from, from my face down to my chest, down to my legs. Eczema is what uh, most people in the West call it. And the doctors told me it was hereditary. After I healed it, I got gene testing done. I didn't have any markers for, for skin conditions, which a lot of people who are uh, diagnosed with skin conditions are told it's genetic. And so they think that they need to be, that, that they've basically gotten this life sentence that's not ever gonna get fixed. And this all goes back to your question regarding like ancient practices. Um, the Rockefeller system, I think around the 30s, the Rockefellers were brilliant. They said, uh, 
we have a lot of money in, in the oil industry. Let's make modern medicine like oil. Let's uh, make a lot of medicine from petroleum derivatives and let's create our own institutions through education systems that we've created that are going to sell our products. So everyone that goes through those systems are going to learn the products that we sell and that's what we're going to teach them. And then we're going to spend a lot of money telling everyone in society that everyone that doesn't go through our school systems are quacks. And we're going to, we're going to write a bunch of papers and pay scientists to say that all the traditional medicine from native Americans and, and all the people, uh, all the other people is completely false and shouldn't be used. So that's why we have our, our, our medical system now. And this is why a lot of people are waking up to the fact that it's very good for one thing, which is like, if I break my arm, I'm going to the emergency department. Other than that, take me anywhere else. Hey, a lot of good information there. Um, so I spent two years in Italy and uh, that really woke me up to the quality of food. I probably ate the most I ever ate and I lost, I was as skinny as I was, I was 185 pounds. Um, when I first moved uh, to Europe, I lived in Copenhagen. I went in there at 225. You know, I was a, a college athlete, you know, you bulk up, eat a lot of food, but I wasn't, uh, I was a little more husky. You know, I had to take a lot of hits as a quarterback and I literally lost there. I went from 225 to like 190 in four months and I was eating a shit ton of food. Right. And Danish food is not as good as Italian food. Right. But I'm like, what the hell is going on? What is it? And then I would, I would go back to the USA. Right. To see family. And then my stomach would be killing me for two weeks. So, yeah, um, I did a, a podcast a couple of years ago with a, a dude that started all these organic farms um, in Minnesota. And uh, we talked about this because he went all over the French Riviera and studied uh, their food. Because a lot of the Mediterranean people, they live forever, right? You yeah. know, they smoke, they, they drink a lot, you know, they eat the carbs, they eat all the different type of things. And um, we did a podcast called Why Are Americans So Fat? And uh, we, we discussed like the four big food producers and, you know, the shit they put in there and steroids. Or He was a lot more articulate with uh, how he explained it all. And uh, he didn't go into a massive conspiracy, kind of like what you just did. But there's no question in my mind that for sure Americans are, are, are getting poisoned. There's no doubt about it with the, the food and, and everything that's going on. Why or who? I don't know. But um, the question that brought up to me or that made me think when you discussed that was, okay, I don't know if there's a set way, though, because, for example, you know, the Asians, a lot of them eat the sushi. I mean, in Thailand, some of the best food I felt really good is not there's got to be parasites in that shit. Right. The yeah. Italians, we talk about the carnivore diet. That's huge. Now, the Italians eat so much carbs. And I did, too, when I was there and I felt amazing. But now when I'm out of Italy, when I eat carbs, I feel slow and tired and I'm thinking about doing the carnivore diet. So that's why I'm asking you, like you seem pretty set on like, don't eat the sushi, don't do this. But. Is there not multiple different ways or is it just the process shit? Um, kind of get into that. Do you, do you understand my question? 100%. I, I think I, I'm an extremist. So when I say say things to people, I, I kind of preface it with the extreme. I do think, I don't think anyone's going to like someone who really loves sushi. I used to be that guy. They're probably not going to stop eating sushi and that's, that's okay. Uh, but in order to get the point across, usually I'll go to the extreme and then people can meet in the middle. Um, like I, 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 I'm a proponent not to drink coffee. Uh, I don't think most people are ever going to follow the advice, but if they drink less coffee because of what I'm talking about, it's probably going to be better for them. So, um, in terms of the parasites, yeah, great question. I think, I think parasites exist for everyone. They're, they're around, they're part of 
um, living as a human being. But the issue is if there's too many parasites, uh, you have too many bad guys versus the good guys, uh, you're going to have toxic overwhelm because essentially what a parasite is, is it's, it's something that takes without giving back. The only thing that parasites give back are their own waste products. They eat your food and then uh, they shit into your body. So if you have a lot of that going on and you have a burdened liver and you have leaky gut, which a lot of people have, plus all the nutrient deficiencies that people have in the U.S., you're going to have issues that are just going to keep creeping up. So it, when you can remove the toxic burdens, um, obviously it starts with chemicals first, like not eating glyphosate, not eating atrazine, which is sprayed everywhere in the U.S. Uh, when you can remove that, you're going to be in a better position. Uh, the, the parasites from, from the work we do at the detox dudes, it's, it's much deeper work. It's more than just like, oh yeah, just go take some ivermectin. It's like deep spiritual work. When you're removing something that's been in your body for 20 years, it's, it's more than just some physical thing. The thing's like a part of you. Well, wait, talking about, you're talking about, I got parasites 20 years old in my body. You can. Yeah. That's normal. Um, I mean, I don't have. I don't, I don't have a way to verify that a 20 year old parasite comes out, but from the, from the researchers I've talked to, uh, I've talked to some on the phone. Yeah. They, they, there are certain parasites that can live in your body for up to 20 years. Time out. You didn't say, so you went to Colombia and then it healed. Why? It was just the food or you started doing this detox parasite thing in Colombia. Did you meet some shy in the Andes? I didn't, or I didn't find out about um, detox until this year. So I did my own form of detox. Just I was throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something would stick. In the States, I took all the supplements. I changed diets. I went to all these practitioners. I was paying out of pocket for functional medicine doctors, NAET practitioners, all these different things, right? And then when I got to Columbia, I, I went down the, the ayahuasca realm and I started doing like combo. They'd combo 15 times where they burn a hole in your skin and then put frog poison on you. Did that a bunch that's supposed to clean the lymphatic system took ayahuasca 21 times. So I went from Western medicine and then not believing it anymore. And then I went to ancestral medicine and then I, I became like, uh, just enamored with it. And then I realized they're both, um, different sides of the same coin. So they work different ways. Uh, but anytime you, you get too sucked into one thing, it's, it's not going to work as much. So I realized the ancestral medicine, it helped. But the only way for me to really heal was to take full responsibility for my health and to stop putting my power into shamans, doctors, other people, and to just take full responsibility for my body. When I did that, a lot of things shifted. But to answer your question, in a nutshell, with the eczema that I had and, and with a lot of the clients we see with skin conditions, it, it comes back to the gut. A lot of people have leaky gut. Hey, amigo, I heard all of that, but I'm not seeing you. Do me one favor. I'll cut this out. Can you go in and out, exit the stream, and then click the link again? Yeah. Gracias. Yeah, oh, now it's clear. Good. Cool. Okay, amigo. Holy crap. Yeah, so you are an extreme guy. You went from the Western thing to doing ayahuasca 21 times, and I don't know how long you said the period was. Um, Probably eight months. Yeah, and I like what you said. I think the the mix is the balance in life. That's everything. I, I speak about that all the time with uh, my sort of lifestyle, the traveling, the dating, the, I mean, everything, it, ha it comes to that point where the cliche is you got to find the balance, right? But okay, holy shit. So 
during these uh, ayahuasca ceremonies, like all this, this, this hippie stuff, and I'm not dismissing it. Okay. Cause I'm very hippie. Um, yeah. What, so did, there's a, there's a big realization or things just got better. And then you're like, okay, damn, like you rewrote all your programming in your brain. Um, yeah. Okay. Tell me what, what are these big experiences here? And then how you decided like, okay, wait a second. I'm not going to trust fully in either one. I'm going to do my own mix and, and be independent off it. Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack there, but for me, I, I, I was looking for answers cause I didn't have any. Right. And when people are sick, that's what they usually do. And if they're really sick, they're like frantic about it. So, um, I was really looking for answers when I was a nurse, I looked into Ibogaine. I, I found some book about uh, a substance in Western Africa that comes from the bark of a tree. And it's supposed to help people who are like heroin addicts. If they want to heal, they can go take Ibogaine. It's like a 72 hour trip and they'll come back to their environment around their same friends with the same people. And even with the heroin in the house and they won't do the heroin anymore. So I was like, oh my God, if this is working, why are we not giving it to people? And that was kind of what started me researching psychedelics. So when I got really sick, Colombia has a lot of ayahuasca. I heard about it. I decided to do it, but COVID happened. So that got put on the back burner. And then uh, eventually something opened up where some shaman was still serving people during COVID. So I, I went down that path. Um, with what I, what I got out of that, a lot of it was realizing that uh, I was yeah, being a victim in a way. I think a lot of people, when they become sick, it's what was me, something is happening to me. Um, and I had to really make the shift that this was happening for me. It was opening me up for new experiences, new places. I wouldn't have been in Colombia if it wasn't for my sickness. I wouldn't have quit the job that I no longer had passion with if it wasn't for my sickness. So a lot of that was reprogramming my brain. But um, a lot of people, they, they hear about these things. They hear about psychedelics. They'll go listen to an Aubrey Marcus podcast and they'll think, oh, yeah, I'm going to go take that thing and it's going to fix me. It never works like that. I got my mom a group on once for a uh, sensory deprivation tank. And she, she told me when she came back from it that she was disappointed because she, she had in her mind that she was gonna have a million dollar idea in the sensory deprivation tank the first time she went. So that's how the brain works for a lot of people. And I realized on my healing journey, um, it's, it's a journey, it's not a destination. And it, as cliche as that is, it's very true. I did that sensory tank uh, before. It was good. So I've been meditating since I was 17. Um, so almost 11 years now and uh, or 11. God, I'm, I'm getting older. And uh, so I went in there probably when I was like 21. So I, I had a good um, grasp of how to meditate. And I that got trippy. When you get in a trance in that sensory tank, it's, it is kind of like uh, Rogan talks about, like a psychedelic type experience. Um, but uh, no, I completely agree. I think everyone's looking for a quick fix or this is going to change it. But a lot of times it just comes to uh, helping you realize, you know, different things and taking your life into your own hands. Um, amigo, okay, you said you have a hard stop. So I want to get really practical now. What are some things day to day I could start doing right now to be detoxed or to have, you know, a healthier lifestyle i'm pretty healthy i feel good i look good you know i'm a part-time professional athlete so i don't know if you're gonna be able to help me out what what sport american football i do it uh, about six months of the year in, in different countries and the other six months i live this nomadic life oh cool really cool Let's see 
So um, give, me, give me more healthy. I want to be Superman. Yeah, the biggest thing is replacing your water. Like most people know this by now, but not drinking out of the tap. Um, and then even bottled water has microplastics in it. So what we recommend is spring water. Like in, in the States, Mountain Valley is a good brand. Um, if you can find it directly from the source, from a natural spring, that's the best. That remineralizes your body. And then um, for detox, distilled water is the best. But you don't want to get distilled water that's in plastic. Distilled water in plastic is going to grab onto the plastic. What distilled water does is it, it grabs onto toxins. It pulls it out of the body. So hold those on, hold on, buddy. Hold on about the water stuff. So two things. What about all the, the weird pH water that was going around for a while? Um, and then, then remember, there's a huge movement where they made the water go through a machine. And it was probably a scam because uh, my people down in my grandparents were snowbirds down in Arizona. And that community got sold a bunch of these little machines that would do something to the water, like the pH levels and all that. And then secondly, my problem is I'm addicted to uh, gas water. Okay. So like, yeah. I love the sparkling water and all that kind of stuff that comes in the, the bottle. But is that, please, if it's bad for me, don't tell me because I'm not going to listen to you or I don't want to have it in my head, but can I still drink gas water or no? Yeah, I mean, you you can still do everything like the 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 purpose of detox, like I'm an extremist, so I, I'm going to change everything. Like I bought an $800 water distiller and like I'll ship that to whatever place I'm staying at. Uh, most people aren't going to be like that. It's just you, you pick your battles so you can win your war. Um, you can still have your, your gas water, but if you if you also drink distilled water and spring water and add that to your routine with your gas water, it's it's just going to be better. How bad is gas water for you? Uh, if it comes in aluminum cam, you have aluminum, which is really bad for the brain. Uh, it's associated with Alzheimer's and yeah. alu aluminum in your deodorant as well is something you want to replace. And then it's got uh, substances called, I believe it's PFAs. Um, those are those are cancerous substances in the can. In the gas then, water. Oh no, the can. Okay. In the can, yeah. And then in the in the bottles, you have microplastics, which are going to decrease yeah. testosterone. But so the car, the, whatever they do, the carbonation or that, that's not bad for you. Or, I mean, well, they're probably using tap water, which is going to have fluoride in it. So yeah. like a lot of these companies, they, 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 they put a label that it's like really clean, pure water and it's just marketing. They just take tap water and then they, they do whatever they do with it. Yeah. So like this shit. So first of all, in uh, Colombia, they only have the small gas yeah. water. This is like flavored apple gas water. I know there's some weird shit in this, right? But I'm addicted to it. I'm addicted to gas water. I don't drink any soda, pop, you know? Ever since I started drinking gas water, the only thing I drink is coffee, gas water, and alcohol, right? But uh, what about my other point where they were selling these machines that supposedly make the pH different and they fuck with the water? Have you heard about that? Um, I don't know about which machine you're referring to, but I do know like that you're probably referring to alkalinization. Stuff like that, is yeah. making the water more alkaline. Mm -hmm. There is some merit to it. There's a there's a water researcher in New Zealand named Veda Austin, and she's she her work is really incredible. If you have time to check it out, essentially she studied water so much so that she would take water from like a spring, and she'd take various forms of water, and then she'd put it under in a petri dish, and she'd freeze it a little bit, and then um, she would put the petri dish on top of something like like maybe this journal here. And what would end up happening when she'd freeze it, she'd look at it under a microscope Microscope when it would get to a certain point, and the water would actually take the shape of the picture it was under. So if you put a leaf under it, it'll take the shape of that. 
And so what she found is that water is really good at, it's like the Bruce Lee, Lee quote, be like water. Water is really good at, at being malleable to whatever it's around. And so it will take the form of whatever it's around. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because water is really good at healing people. So much so that this water researcher, I, I don't know if this was the reason she started, but she had a car accident when she was younger and she got a bunch of glass in her body and it never came out. She started drinking alkaline water. It was about a pH of 10, which is really alkaline um, from New Zealand Springs. So she was getting spring water in New Zealand and uh, she started drinking it. The glass came out of her body, just out of her skin. So there is something to it. Um, now for the specific product that you were talking about, I have no idea if it works. Yeah. Hey, something that just came to my head. Um, cause we talk about the, the Peruvians with the coca and the, the ancestral stuff, um, tobacco. So yeah. the native Americans, it's a magical thing they used. And, uh, obviously cigarettes have a hundred million different things in the cartridge or whatever. And what do you think about t tobacco? I think. I love smoking cigars. That's probably one of my only vices, um, but there's probably more than enough pesticides and herbicides on the tobacco. So I, I'm pretty sure it's hard to find organic tobacco. The good thing about cigars is you're not inhaling it into your lungs. See, um, But even like I have friends, they smoke pure tobacco, which is just tobacco. Um, and that's a lot better than smoking it from some big, a company that has rat poison in it. So I actually don't think tobacco is as bad as it, it's said to be. I think that it was used as a scapegoat in order to uh, protect other interests in companies. Um, they blame nicotine. Nicotine's a neurotropic. A lot of people- That's getting super now. popular now. Yeah, super everyone's popular. taking nicotine it. Gum forever. I, yeah, I'm not, I, I did the nicotine gum thing. I'm not a proponent for it because when you- when you take coffee and a bunch of other stimulants like nicotine, especially as an entrepreneur, people get addicted to it. And then they're going for like 12 hours every day. And they, they, they hit this new level of, I got to work this hard. So then they, they have to take the stimulants instead of listening to their body and saying, okay, I can actually rest. When I rest, my body will recover. And when I recover, I can get my work done. But there's this hustle culture now where that can never happen. And then people will end up getting sick. Like they'll get adrenal fatigue from all the stimulants. But there's a ton of stuff coming about, like the Alzheimer's and whatnot, about the nicotine, right? So nicotine's great, extremely, yeah, extremely addictive. But uh, there are proponent or benefits of it. But I do agree with you. Dudes be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna take it uh, for this extra work session," but it's addiction. You know, yeah. nicotine is very, very hard to get off. Yeah, and and guys now are taking modafinil as well. Like I, I, I went into that period of taking modafinil. People in college used to buy Adderall. That shit is it's poison yeah modafinil the air force for the pilots use it i i checked it out probably like seven eight years ago bought it from some like got it shipped from like india or whatnot yeah i did as uh, well <laughs> it's it, uh yeah it um it keeps you awake for sure but it's like a dirty dirty focus i felt but you're definitely not it feels, going to sleep. it feels dirty right yeah yeah you're borrowing tomorrow's energy for today uh, I'll tell you what, though. I like um, I put around a lot of nootropics. I like, you know, Dave Asprey. He was pretty big yeah. back in the day. Bulletproof coffee. Bulletproof coffee was freaking amazing. Um, I got to retake that again. But um, do you know where that name came from? Uh, -uh. So uh, he named it Bulletproof because these researchers were painting the rats with carcinogens. 
So they, 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 they get like a paintbrush, put a carcinogen on it that causes cancer, rub it on the rat's back. Um, so all these rats are growing tumors. And then they put a lot of rats on a ketogenic diet and they still paint their back. And these rats, uh, the researchers were saying like, oh my God, these rats are fucking bulletproof. So we oh. got it from that because they weren't dying. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so I got into the nootropics like heavy, like 18, 19. I tried a bunch of different ones and um, 18, 19 years old. So it's probably not a good idea because your brain's still developing <laughs> or whatnot. And uh, like the race tams, Fenabuts. Fenabut yeah. was good. Um, a lot of different stuff I've tried. Uh, oh, I'm a big uh, Kratom. Last five years. I was just going to ask you if you take that. Yeah. yeah um, I just ran out. I was starting to take it actually once a week again, like consistently. That and shit's then, really uh, addictive. Yeah. I never got addicted to it all. It actually, when I was living in Copenhagen, I went sober for like nine months, like no drinking. And I was doing Kratom twice a week at the most. Okay. I felt like I didn't need any, like I didn't feel any need for drinking. It was really trippy. Um, but I'm going to get back on Kratom because I had it last couple of months, like once a week and it felt good, but then, um, I lost it in Aruba. Uh, so yeah, I've done all these, you know, different things. Uh, I'm a big guy of vitamin D every day. I love vitamin D. Oh, you gotta try this stuff. Tonga Ali. Tonga Ali. Yeah. Oh, bro. That makes your, Oh my God, dude. The orgasms are amazing on that. And you you feel testosterone, but I don't, you're not supposed to take it every day. That's not good. But my problem is, is doing that when I live this life and you're living the travel life and you say you're shipping, you know, your water machine everywhere. Like I can't have a freaking bag full of pills. I had to pick which are the best ones that I like yeah. that I need. And then, cause in also different countries, you can't get the stuff, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I've had to become very minimalistic with that. Um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. You want to add on to that or no? Yeah. It's really hard being a nomad and trying to detox, but it's like what, once you know, your your core essentials like i have certain things that i take with me when i'm traveling that uh like in mexico for instance i ate something i could feel the food poisoning coming on i took a binder which is a substance that grabs onto toxins it went away immediately so i just saved myself three to five days of sickness um just with one little trick this reminded me okay so uh, like I was taking a shit ton at eight when I was 18, 19 years old, like trying all these different things and trying to do like the optimal, you know, thing. And Dave Asprey had a chart of what you should all take. And I felt pretty good. Right. But OK, so all of us doing this crazy shit. But then the people that I've met in the Mediterranean, southern Italy, Sardarnes, you know, the island near there who live till 100 and freaking 10 years old that don't do any of this crap. They drink wine, they smoke cigarettes, they eat good food. What do you say about them? You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be like that. I want to spend all this money on these pills and do all these crazy stuff and, yeah. and live good like them. Yeah. Most of them live in, in places that don't have a bunch of shit being sprayed. A lot of them have their own gardens. A lot of them walk hills every day. All of them get the sun. Um, you won't find a place with healthy people that doesn't have sun, a lot of sun. Like a lot of the people in Seattle, for example, very high suicide rates there. People in Nordic countries, same. So sun is massive. Um, here, here in Florianopolis, you, you can see the people are just way more alive and awake because of the, the amount of sun and also the water that they're getting. Like just being in the ocean or near a lake that's, that runs um, and is, is not stagnant, it's huge for the body. Yeah, I'm a big water guy. I'm a cancer, my Zodiac. So I, I definitely feel better when I'm around the water. Even in Bogota, I had to get a place with a pool. 
And uh, it is, uh, I mean, what are we, 70% water? So obviously there's some stuff with that. Like they say we, if evolution is true, we came from the water. So it must be, you know, very important. Um, okay, let's get back on our practical thing. So you said the, the water stuff, we talked about nootropics. What other stuff can I do like now that will help me out? Water, sunlight, um, in terms of like testing and stuff, just to see where you're at. It, as a man, it's really important to get testosterone tested, obviously. Um, thyroid is huge. A lot of people have hypothyroidism without knowing it. I actually had hypothyroidism. The ranges, the reference ranges that are given in traditional science, um, when you compare them with like doctors who specialize in treating thyroid disorders, their numbers are in a much tighter range compared to conventional medicine. So a lot of people are walking around with thyroid issues. They don't know it. Um, that's huge for anyone that has amalgam fillings that needs to get removed. That has mercury um, in their teeth. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. huge. Most dentists don't know about that. Um, and that that will cause massive issues in the future if it's not addressed. Uh, so yeah, those are those are like the big things. Um, MTHFR. That's a gene a gene trans or a gene mutation that can happen okay. where the person can't uh, change folic acid properly so that the body can metabolize it. And so I think about 40 to 50% of the population has this gene mutation. So um, if you do have that gene mutation, it's important to get like a, a methylation supplement. I have one from Thorn. This is MethylGuard Plus. I just started taking this actually. Um, I, I didn't get my gene tested for MTHFR, but upon taking this, I'm pretty sure I have uh, the M MTHFR mutation because I feel way better with this. Um, what else? Yeah. Vitamin D levels. I mean, most people, uh, I, I think there's been, there's been studies done where people will have like an average of below 40. I think it's, I don't know the exact reference range DG per ML below 40. And a lot of people will have cancer. Um, the reference range for vitamin D is like uh, I think it's it's below 100 is good and, and above 40. But if you can get that number up way higher, you're going to be you're going to be way healthier than most people. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I haven't spent a winter um, in a long time because I grew up in Minnesota. Right. And uh, when there's some people that do the seasonal depression, especially in the Nordic countries, um, I found that. And then obviously Minnesota, but I felt always normal. Right. It was just the way life is. I think that goes to show how strong the human can adapt to different things. But now. Anytime I go back and it's cold there, like I went back for Christmas four or five years ago, four years ago, and um, I try to stay out of there as much as I can. No, last year I went back for a funeral in November. And I was there for like another week, and bro, without that sun, the cold weather, you know, I do vitamin D. I mean, I was just hit with like freaking. Yeah, I mean, because you don't when you're out of it and you're in the sun all the time. In a way, it's like, damn, people are living in this. How is that possible? But I think uh, what I was gonna bring up next about the, the the human mind and like the adaptability like dude a lot of these monks in thailand aren't on the the greatest diets so you know i see them getting some mcdonald's and whatnot but a lot of them are freaking you know nirvana so where is you when it relates to the pills and the body with the mind because like the mind can you know they saw the monks they can do their temperature increase the temperature of their body they've been studies where the monks can you know fuck with their you know um uh, blood cells and all that kind of yeah. idea is that a big thing in your your field of study? 
Yeah, I mean, the mind is is like the biggest thing when it comes to anything. If if you want people to change their habits, you have to first identify what their beliefs are. So, what I found with detox, though, which is really cool, is it's one of the few things that I've seen that can um, actually have like the the can have a secondary effect. So, like a lot of people will detox their body for for whatever physical reason they want. Either they are experiencing sickness, fatigue a brain fog, whatever it is, or some people want to use it for performance. Uh, like we've worked with Alex Becker and like Iman Godzi. So um, wh whatever camp you're in, uh, sorry, what was the question again? So oh, just... wait, is, is that Beck, Becker guy, the dude that does like a million different things, like the red light therapies? Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. See, here's, here's my thing. Okay. And there's, I see X guys or people on Twitter kind of bashing each other. Now, if you're happy, Hakuna Matata, right? That's the way you want to go down life. But I don't know. To me, it's like, okay, like we talk about the extreme ends, extreme Western, extreme ancestral, extreme way of lifestyle. And, and some people are built for that and they're happy. But I don't know. I think all of a sudden one little slip up in your life and you don't have your red light therapy and your your mind goes crazy. Like that that to me is like uh, almost weak, like mentally. I agree. I completely, I couldn't agree more. There's, there's a neuroticism that can come with Good detox and, and I've got, I've gone through that. Brian Johnson is a perfect example. If you've seen that guy, he's, he's trying to, to live. But I like him, bro. He, he seems like he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, dude, I'm worth 400. He and yeah, he, he's like, I'll keep looking like this weirdo to you, but my life's though. I mean, but okay. Neuroticism. That's a great word. Yeah. So like with him, he, he doesn't believe that the sun is good for you. So he looks super pasty and like malnourished, in my opinion. To some people, he looks ripped, but he 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 just he kind of looks like a zombie to me. So uh, all of that comes back to the mindset. The cool thing with detox is when you detox your body properly, like your liver is going to start functioning properly. Um, Ninety percent of the serotonin, fifty percent of the dopamine dopamine is produced in the gut. So if you heal your gut, your brain's going to have better uh, function. If you get rid of parasites, you're going to have a higher level of consciousness because you just removed something that was taking from you. If you remove heavy metals, your brain's going to work better. Um, you're going to decrease your chances of long-term disease. So all of these things have the effect of changing the mindset as a byproduct. But a lot of people just do it for the physical stuff. But then the mindset and the beliefs change. Like when I detox, it was way easier for me to, to eat healthy. Understood. Um, fasting. I've been intermittent fasting for a long time. Um, I've always felt that worked. I always get really productive in the morning. I feel really good. And then when I eat, I slow down, you know, big time because I eat whatever I want. Right. Usually yeah. do a little uh, nap meditation in the afternoon. And then I wake up feeling fine. Like I, I usually eat in that two hour window, like 12 to two. But the other day, um, cause we got super busy. I'm like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to eat today. And then I'm going to continue my you know, normal intermediate fasting. So I did 36 hour fast and man, I felt good. Like I've been hearing about all the fasting and uh, how like it's curing cancer and, you know, we need to get back to that. And I think I'm going to keep doing that like once a week, a 36 hour fast. Um, what are your uh, thoughts on the, the fasting? Fasting is incredible. And, and especially in like eighties and nineties, it, it got really popular. There's still people that don't even know about fasting, which is funny, but it got really popular because yeah, people were curing cancers. The only issue that comes up now with fasting is that the majority of people now have nutrient depleted soil because a lot of uh, big agro companies are just uh, 
using the same crops every single year and they're not restoring the natural balance of the soil. So now we're eating broccoli that one was genetically engineered usually. And then two doesn't have uh, even 50% of the nutrients that our grandparents ate. So um, when we're nutrient deficient and mineral deficient from our food, and then we go and fast for 36 hours or do long extended fasts, it can be a lot harder for us because we're nutrient deficient. Um, and when you're fasting, the body needs those. So that's, that's one thing that's come up or came up. But when I was a nurse, I didn't know about fasting. And there was a guy, he was, um, he was 31. He didn't drink coffee. One day he came into work. He's like, I want to, I'm going to lose some weight and, and improve my life. He fasted for 30 days. All he, all he drank was water with salt. And he, he, he dropped like at least 25 pounds. That reminds me of Steve Jobs, though. I think he tried a lot of this stuff and still died. What was his problem? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about Steve Jobs. Because um, he he said, "I'm not doing any Western stuff." He went all, at least to my knowledge, to like the the kind of hippie, quote unquote. And then yeah. um, they said he would have saved him more years if he'd done the cancer treatment when he was told to do it. Um, so maybe look into that. I'd like to hear your thoughts on on that. Like 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 you said before at the start. You did say you're extremist, but I think a mix, okay? Like, you know, if God forbid I get hurt playing uh, um, the football, like I'm probably going to go get surgery at a, a Western doctor and not have the shaman put some oils on my leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. think a, a mix is, is definitely key. Yeah, and, and like the the way that I follow things now is if you want to heal something or or someone, you start with the belief, right? So if you can change the belief and, and, and the habit patterns of the person – then you can you can get them to to get healthy, and then next if that doesn't work, then it's like supplements and herbs, and then if that doesn't work, then it's surgery, and then like the last thing is cancer. But uh, the way I operate is like I want to be doing everything beforehand, so, so I can just stay in those first two categories and not ever have to deal with the cancer. But um, I also have information and resources as to like if I ever do get cancer, I'm going to know what to do without having to go through the agony of chemo. Um, there's that, that cliche where like in Western medicine, they do the band aid or the pill, but they don't do anything pre before it happens. Right. Or like we just there's try no to, prevention, no yeah. prevention. Yeah. 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 So I think that's what you're saying. You're trying to prevent it all by doing that. But then the final thing is, okay, I'll take the, the pill or whatever. Right. Kind of is what you're saying. Yeah, there's 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 no there's no business model for prevention like the the health the healthcare. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Time out, time out. All this, these people, the vitamins, the red light people. That's that's a business now. Yeah, yeah. So you're right about that, but I mean, with with the big conglomerates. So like Kaiser Permanente, for example, they're huge in California. They're like the number one institution. They do a lot of research. Um, they talk about on their billboard preventative care. But then I went in there and I said, can I get some tests done to see where I'm at? And they're like, oh, well, no, you're not sick. Like, this is about prevention. It's on your billboard. Oh, no, no, insurance won't pay for that. So I'd have to argue with them just to get what I wanted when I'm paying them. So, um, yeah. Speaking of that, finish your point, my bad. Yeah, so the, the, the supplement industry and, and all that is almost like, Absolutely. It's a money grab. A lot of supplements are absolute shit. The, the holistic wellness, it's a maze. It's just like uh, Western medicine. It's a complete maze. 
Um, but that's also kind of the, the polar opposite of where Western medicine is, right? So Western medicine has its band-aids and then a lot of people come out with supplements to try and try and uh, not fight it, but be the other side of the extreme. And it's our job to figure out what's going to be the best for our body. Okay. Um, you brought up a point there reminding me of the insurance and the healthcare. I'm going to quick hit on this. So I've lived in probably five or six countries with uh, free public healthcare. All yep. shit. Even yep. the Nordic one Terrible. is all shit. You need to go to get the, the private. I'm just talking about normal Western medicine. If you want to get something done, go to private. I will say though, if you know people in Brazil, oh my God, dude, I had a CAT scan and uh, one of those things where they put it on here and it like shows... God, it was something interesting. Someone, radiologist does it, right? Yeah. And uh, I know the person. Ultrasound? Ultrasound. Ultrasound and a cat, CAT scan. Bro, I, I went there and within 20 minutes, I had my CAT scan done, the ultrasound, like no line, free for me. Like uh, Brazil is great if you know people, man. And they have good healthcare, like the real people. Like you can yeah. get good, um, like Americans always go to Mexico, you know, because it's cheaper. You can pay out of pocket, you know, cash. And But Brazil, I'm telling you, that the top dogs are legit. Like I was in and out and it was beautiful, but uh, yeah, the insurance shit's so fucked up, but free healthcare people is not good. Public healthcare is, I have so many stories of like a corruption, long wait times. I mean, it was dirty. Italy was yeah. brutal, very brutal, but um, a couple more things here. Cause my man is a popular guy, right? So I want to hit on acne. I've struggled with acne my whole life. Um, I have used um, a lot. Um, the one that makes your skin, Younger, and please don't tell me it's bad. The tretotina, tretotin. Is is so? What what is this exactly? Is this a pharmaceutical? Yes, unfortunately, but like uh, you put it on there, and it so some people makes your skin young, but for some it deals with the acne. Yeah, um, I'll send you this after. I don't think it's a tropical steroid because that's. I think I read something where that can really fuck up your face. Topical, topical steroids fucked me up. I got topical steroid withdrawal. That's what I read from, from you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to send you this after because you need to, I want you to, uh, maybe I'll pay you and help me out consultation, but, um, the acne, how can I, uh, solve the acne naturally? Yeah. So acne and, and skin conditions, they, they all come back to the same thing. You, you need to heal your gut. So okay. that's going to be decreasing the inflammation, changing the diet. I mean, you could, you could technically go on carnivore for, for a month and your, your acne would probably disappear. But the only thing with carnivore is you're not really addressing the root cause. You're just taking away the things that are inflaming it. For you, I would I would absolutely remove dairy. That's what like I've heard. Re yeah. Remove all cheese. Remove all all dairy just for a while and and see how your skin is. For very very few people, sometimes it can be a genetic issue related to plants. Um, the cholesterol in plants can cause acne. Okay. You, getting a genetic test done for that will either tell you if you have it or if you don't. Um, it's, it's a lot more rare The the things you can do now is, is that, uh, is, uh, removing the dairy, removing obviously seed oils, which you already know about, right? I think I see you tweet about it. Um, I, I eat natural. I think I don't eat yeah. no fast food or nothing. So, is that okay? So at, at any restaurant, most of them, especially in South America are going to be cooking with seed oils. So oh, this is, okay. this is corn oil. This is, um, rapeseed oil. This is, I'm blanking on it right now, but there's, there's tons of different seed oils, right? Um, the oil, the oil that you should be using to cook with is extra virgin olive oil from a very high quality source. When you, when you, 
uh, try it for the first time, it should be spicy. Like you, the bottle should be dark. And if you drink it, it should be spicy on the tongue. That's how you know it's good olive oil. A lot of olive oil is actually mixed with, um, with seed oil to cut the cost or it's, it's crappy. Uh, so by the time it comes to the store, it's, it's destroyed. Have you so, been to Italy? Italy has the, the best yeah. olive oil in the world. Oh yeah. my God, bro. That's why I only cooked with that. That's why I said that when I cooked there, I loved cooking in Italy because it was like you were making with the fresh ingredients was, uh, I, I miss it. I'm going back to Europe in, in March. So I'm, I'm getting cool. back into my, my cooking, but keep going. Um, coconut oil is good. Uh, I love coconut Ghee is really good, grass-fed butter, but because uh, with acne, dairy, you want to remove that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, my man. Uh, so they said there was a pill you could take, but I don't want to take the pill. Accutane, probably. No, 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 where it allows you to eat dairy and it doesn't give you the, the bad stuff. Like, is there anything naturally I can do to keep it? Because I love cheese. I love the dairy. Like, uh, I love cheese. That's what I love. So they, they have they have that pill that a lot of people take who have lactose intolerance so they can still eat cheese. But it's like, why would you take a pill to cover up the symptom that's going to occur anyway? So like anytime you put something in your body that's usually like a pill or a supplement, especially with pharmaceuticals, there's always a side effect. So what people do is they, they'll they'll be anxious. So they'll, they'll pop their, um, their Xanax, right? And they don't know what it's doing to their liver. They don't know what it's doing to their kidneys. They don't know what it's doing to everything else. So they just pop it and they're like, oh yeah, now I'm good. But that pill is doing something to your body in order to, to numb the thing that you don't want to feel anymore. Um, so back on the acne topic, like cleaning up the food's always going to be big, um, removing dairy, Getting more sun, of course. Homie, homie, homie. So it's just the genetic, and I'm screwed for life that I no, can't no, eat dairy. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to it. Okay. Heal the, heal the gut, and heal the liver, and you'll be good. Then I can eat dairy again. You, if you're going to consume dairy first, we want to get rid of the symptoms, right? So you need to remove everything. Okay. Once you get rid of the symptoms, essentially what's happening in your body is you have inflammation, right, and it's coming out through your skin. Okay. So then from there, um, usually a lot of people who have like dairy sensitivities can consume A2 dairy or goat's cheese, goat's milk, okay, which is better. Um, for you, if you want to decrease the symptoms and just see what's really going on, all of that is, is going to help. Um, and then for th there's also a lot of things you got to do emotionally as well. For, for some people with acne, um, Anytime there's skin conditions, because I've worked with a lot of people with skin conditions, sometimes, I'm not saying this is you, but sometimes it can be related to not, not feeling comfortable in one's own skin. I heard there was like stress things. So if you're stressed or there's some problems somewhere in your body, it comes out on this part of the, the face or the forehead. Like, uh, did you hear, read about that? I, I've, I've, seen, I've seen that. I don't know. I've worked with a lot of people with skin issues. I don't know how based in reality that is. Um, I, I have to dive deeper to see if it correlates with my findings. But yeah, most most people with skin disease, they have a high level of inflammation that just needs to be cleared up. I A lot of the times for me, it's elevation. When I'm uh, lower sea level, so I just came from Aruba and my acne started popping up. When I was in the Sacred Valley in Peru, face was, was clear. Yeah. So does that say anything? Absolutely. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, nomad capitalists. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Anderson. Yeah. 
Yeah. So go where you're treated best, right? Is what he always says. It's like, go where you're going to be the healthiest. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave Florianopolis because there's mold everywhere. I, it's just a pain in the ass for me. So I'm going to go somewhere. I'm going to go to Rio where there's less mold. I'm going to see how I feel there. Um, but there's a lot of different components that can happen. Like when I had really bad eczema, I was living in California during winter and it was fucking up my skin so bad. I was, I was like allergic to the cold. So when I went to Medellin, it was way easier to heal because my body needed a better climate that wasn't going to make the symptoms worse. So if you can find climates that fit your body type the, the best, then why not stay there? The problem is I like the beach, pretty girls, and vino. So I don't, <laughs> I can't stay in the mountains my whole life, you know? Uh, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. When I'm on the beach, it's, it just but comes out, you know? You, you, can, you, you, can do, you can do the other things for sure. The other things will fix it. Try that. Try that first. Yeah. Okay. Hey, buddy. So you got five minutes left. Um, lay down what the, the detox do. Is it, is it a group? Um, tell me how you get, you do consultation. Do you sell stuff? Uh, pitch yourself. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the client director. It's a fancy, fancy word for sales manager. Um, if, if you guys want to talk to me, then you can, you can book a call with me. We have a program. It's the 2023 masterclass. It's, it's a 14 week video course that goes through all of, um, basically what we talked about, clearing the gut, healing the gut, um, using binders, healing the liver, removing stones, removing parasites, removing heavy metals. And then obviously all the stuff related to chemicals to remove from your household and then habit change, stuff like that. Uh, we got a Facebook group, two bi-monthly calls where you can ask questions. So that that's pretty much the program. Yeah. How many people are in this group? Detox. We've got like we got like 210 members there. Then we have masterminds that are every three months. Those are usually for either like very high performers, but a lot of the people we get are like high-level entrepreneurs who are sick. Um, we do about 20 people at a time with that. And then we also have a new course coming out. It's going to be like 70 bucks. It's going to be a 14 day uh, detox challenge. It's going to be really cool. So that'll be coming out probably two weeks to a month. Very cool. What about your, your group though? The people in your business, how many is it? Uh, so Josh is the CEO. Uh, I'm the client director. And then we have John, another coach. And then we have uh, Melody. We, we've got four. And then and then two people training under me. Yeah. This started when? This uh, business? Josh, Josh has had this business for seven years. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. When did you come about it again? I, can't, I, I actually started detox around February of this year. His See. process. See. Um, I got results within three months and then I joined the team in, in June um like so where were you at before the process and efforts you said you, you kind of detox yourself before you were part so, of it. yeah i got i got from like really 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 sick to okay and then when i found josh i went from okay to phenomenal really yeah yeah like i i didn't really understand all the things that i did to get healthy and there were still certain things um that were popping up like every every now and again when i would eat certain foods i'd get inflammation here um and then when I did the detoxing, I removed mucoid plaque. I learned how to heal my gut better. I don't have issues at all. Wow. Very interesting. I want to see some more. Check out your website and, and so forth. But it sounds pretty legit. You seem genuine. And obviously, your results speak for, for themselves. I saw the stuff on Twitter, bro. You post some wild shit. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but hey, it was great to meet you kind of face to face and talking. Um, you got to get moving. But I enjoyed it. I think we could talk for way longer. I yeah, know. we got we got more more conversations to have. 100%. Hey man, enjoy the rest of the time in Floripa and then be careful in Rio, right? Where are you staying? 
probably Ipanema or what's the one with the L? Leblom or Le, the, the French Le Blanc. Yeah. 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 But I just ran into a buddy. Every Everything, it's it's quite sketchy in all of Rio, right? You have to be careful, dude. Like even okay. I've been all over Brazil and I was, you have to be careful. <laughs> how, how bad is it? Like. I would, if you're going to check your phone, go into a store. Um, yeah, well, that's too late at so night. That's common. Yeah, yeah the, the basic stuff. But like, dude, you're going to see some some sketchy stuff. It, Floripa is like Candyland compared to it. But you were in uh, uh, Colombia, right? The Medellin. Yeah, I almost got robbed three times in the, in like a year. Yeah, Rio, you got to be just you know that's the only place. Well, Belo Horizonte, I lived there. Was I got that's the only time I've been robbed in Latin America. You got Belo robbed Horizonte. in Belo Horizonte. Oh yeah, it, it, dude, Belo is. It's not good there. Edge. It's on edge, bro. And there's no beach, so, you know, but the women are really good and the food is supposedly the best in, in Brazil. But I told you, go to the Northeast, okay, buddy? And we'll talk <laughs> right, after bro. this, okay? Because you got to go to your meeting. All right? Good okay. to see you. Later. Take care.